60 million lives have been lost due to abortion. Millions of mothers led astray by the abortion industry. Divorce, sex trafficking, and infertility are at an all-time high. Entering into a movement where this is the evil we face can seem extremely difficult. But I believe that great change is simply a series of small things done consistently. Together, we will learn how to do the small things for the pro-life movement. And together, we will end abortion one baby step at a time. I'm your host, Hope, and this is the Simply Pro-Life Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode. I am I'm so excited to be here. You're probably going to get annoyed with me saying that, but I say it because the idea for this show kind of came about when... Um, uh, I was back in April, I was having a conversation with somebody and I was sitting down listening to them and I was like, you know what? I like, I want to sit down intentionally with you and have a conversation and ask you these questions. And then I was like, you know what? I feel like a lot of people kind of want that. I feel like they all want, you know, these sit down intentional conversations or at least to listen in on them. Um, so I'm so excited to get to do that with so many awesome people, especially today's guest. Um, and today's guest being Emily Burning. She is the president and co-founder of Let Them Live. It is a nonprofit that is dedicated to saving lives from abortion by financially supporting women in crisis pregnancies. She has been involved in the pro-life movement for almost eight for over eight years. And her greatest passion in life is giving pregnant women the support that they need to choose life, which is so amazing. Emily also holds a bachelor's degree in biology. Oh, so we can trust you that life begins at conception, <laughs> right? Yes. And, and then she met her husband, Nathan. Did you meet after this the summer after you graduated or or get married? Summer met. after we graduated, we, we met. We met. Okay, got it. And then they started Let Them Live Together, which is so cool. That's such a cool like marriage like thing to do in marriage um yes. which is you know very very cool so you've done a lot in these eight years that you've been involved in the movement which is super super exciting um and again I'm just so thrilled to actually have an intentional sit down conversation with you and ask you all my questions well I am happy to be here I'm happy to answer anything you you send my way so yay very good so I, the first thing I want to know, so you said you got involved about eight years ago, a little over. What was your first real tug to get involved in the pro-life movement? That's such a good question. And I really wish like during the time all this was happening when I was in college, I like wrote it down because I can't like, I can't remember there being like, like, I can't remember the circumstances of like, did I just wake up one day and decide like, this is something I wanted to do. I'm not really sure. But as I remember it, you know, I grew up like pro-life I grew up in the Catholic church like I knew like I would tell people I was pro-life but like I didn't actually know what that meant like I remember in youth group I would we got these t-shirts that said I survived Roe v. Wade and I would wear it around having no idea what Roe v. Wade was um so I kind of grew up in that where it's like you were told you're pro-life and that was that but when I went to college I I don't know if it was just you know I was on a college campus. I was being made more aware of like social issues, but I started to realize like the issue of abortion was like a really big one. And I couldn't just exist in this, like, like I wanted to be able to defend my beliefs. So I started reading, I started picking up books, um, you know, like apologetics books and learning to defend my position. And through that, 
is when I really started getting fired up about the issue. I just knew I couldn't stay silent. I had to do something. So I remember, you know, my, my path, my whole life was like, I'm going to be a veterinarian. Like that was my whole life. And I called my parents up one day and I was like, Hey, I'm going to be a pro-life activist. And that the rest is history. (laughs) That's so cool. I think that aspect, you know, people always ask me like, how do you get involved? Like, what do you do? And I'm like, the best thing that you can do right now is just to learn like as much as you can. Cause that was very similar for me. I mean, I grew up with Joe Shiler being my grandpa. And so being pro-life was just the way things went. You know, we went to lots of rallies going up and protests and like people would yell profanities at us. And I just thought it was good versus evil. Like I didn't really know what was going on. Um, But yeah, that kind of coming of age, you know, you start kind of wanting to understand things a little bit better. So you start doing that, you know, research, and again, same thing with that. I knew I couldn't just sit by and, and that's how, you know, like foundation. Like if you don't know where to start, like, you know, you're pro-life, but you're not really sure where to start, start with educating yourself, start with learning, um, persuasively pro-life by Trent Horn was like a book that I will always go back to because it really helped me solidify my beliefs. I mean, there's so many, but that was the solid foundation that, you know, got me started. That's amazing. So that that was your first real tug to get involved in the movement. But what was the thing that pushed you to go above and beyond? Because a lot of people can be involved in the pro-life movement in small ways, and that's amazing and desperately needed. But you started a nonprofit that has physically helped, I mean, many, many women choose life. Um, how what What was that thing that made you go above and beyond? I think it's like part of it is just in my nature. Um, I've always been kind of a like a go getter, I guess. Like I've always been someone who you give me something to do, I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna I'm gonna do it 110%. And so when I was in college, um, essentially it started, it kind of started to build. So I started researching and then I was like, well, there should maybe there's like a pro-life um, club on campus. I found out that there was a club, but they didn't do anything except for meet once every few months at the church, at the Catholic church across the street. And I was like, well, that's not doing anything. And so then I had joined the club and I started pushing like, hey guys, we got to do stuff on campus. And I think that kind of scared everybody. So then I was like a lone wolf. I scared everyone out of the club, had to rebuild it. And I think that was what started my pro-life leadership was now I was becoming very passionate. I mean, I got to the point where I think that this issue just really hit home because it is such a big issue. Like to me, there's no other issue as important as the right to life because you clearly have no other rights without that first. And if that's being taken away, that's a huge human rights injustice. And so we started doing stuff on campus. I started skipping class. Like it became my life. (laughs) You know, it's like, who needs to go to physics when you can save lives? And, you know, and then, um, I, once I graduated, um, college and went to work for the leadership Institute, you know, that was still activism oriented. That's where Nathan and I met. Oh, that's Um, so cool. I just started working with them. They're amazing. Yep. That we both met in field rep training and, um, you know, I did activism and it really was my passion. And then it was actually Nathan that I was kind of known as like pro-life Emily And Nathan had seen that in me, like that this was my, the thing I wanted to do the rest of my life. And he was the one that encouraged me to start a nonprofit. And I looked at him, I'm like, are you crazy? Like, I don't know how to do that. And he actually, you know, helped me to do that. And he, um, by this time, you know, we were engaged and stuff. And even when we were married, he would tell me like, this is your thing, Emily, like, 
Um, I'm going to help you do it. This is not what I want to do the rest of my life, but now he's the CEO of Let Them Live. So I do have a way of like all of our friends, all of our family are involved in Let Them Live. And I just have a way of like attracting people to the cause and making it their issue as well. Um, and I don't know, like I said, I think it's just in my nature. I had also prayed. I was like super nervous about doing pro-life work. And I was like, God, just give me the courage and the fortitude. And it came in like abundance. That's <laughs> so, so no. cool. That's yeah. really cool. Not the path I imagined, but like really the path that has like fulfilled my entire life. I think that's a huge thing to, to recognize too, is just understanding like, this is not what I planned, but here's where I am and I feel fulfilled through it. And God will do that, which is so, so amazing. And, and, and I found more recently too, like it is so important to lean on him. Um, you know, it's easy to like do a nine to five job, like just your regular nine to five. Well, I don't want to say regular cause all work is important, but you know, kind of the more corporate nine to five, you wake up, you know, you do the nine to five, you come home to your family, you have dinner, you have your night. And then on Sundays you go to church. I think the thing that is so unique about the pro-life movement is that you have to have God intertwined in everything that you do, because without him, it is going to be difficult. Um, and, and, and it's such, you know, it, it's a movement that he is so, um, intertwined in and, and, and there is great success when he is present. Um, so that is, that is so cool and inspiring to hear how much you, know, you leaned into him and like how it has now and, you know, foresight, like <laughs> blessed you. It's yes. so and amazing. It really was a trust fall. You know, I remember, before Let Them Live's, um, like our mission, what it is today with supporting women financially to choose life, um, because so many women, 73% of women have abortions because of financial burden. So before we started addressing that, Let Them Live was just kind of a generic pro-life organization. We didn't really know what we were going to do. All we knew was like lobbying and politics and activism. So we kind of started with that, but I knew like I had a feeling that that really wasn't what we were supposed to do. And so I was like, all right, God, like, I know in your time, you're going to show me like what our real mission is going to be. And so he kind of started to reveal, like, it's going to be helping, you know, women in crisis pregnancies. And I, I was like, I had a conversation with him and I will remember this like so vividly. I was like, all right, God, like I, I had struggled for a while. Like, I don't want to do nonprofit work. Like this is too much. It's, 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 it's a lot, you know, I'd rather just have that nine to five. Right. And I had that conversation with him and I was like, I'm too stressed out. I don't want to do this. And finally I caved and I was like, fine. All right. I will do this nonprofit. Like clearly you're closing all other doors and this is the only one open. So I'll do this, but I have two like contingencies. And I was like, I don't want to do pregnancy counseling and I don't want to have to fundraise all the time. <laughs> and those are the two things that we do. That so is... like, it's so funny that because we make plans, God laughs, you know, but I couldn't imagine myself anywhere else. <laughs> yep, yep. You know, the one thing that I have learned to do is to never tell God, nope, not doing that because yeah, people will make you do it. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. I'm um through simply uh simply pro life and pro life action league. We're doing this rally on June 24th and um and I'm I'm heading a lot of it. I have a lot of help which I'm very grateful for, but I'm kind of heading a lot of it and and I kind of got like the I knew I needed to do it back at the, you know, the Washington DC March for life in January. And then I really knew I needed to do it on Valentine's day. And I was like, all right, God, I'm like in the car, I'm driving home from a meeting and I'm like, all right, God, if you're going to flip and have me do this rally, you better help me because I cannot do this alone. This is a huge ask. 
Um, and so, you know, but I know that he will provide and bless me in the way that I need to be so that I can continue working, but I know he's going to use this to bless the pro-life movement in Illinois, which is the most important thing to me. Um, and humility is a huge thing that you learn as an activist too. Um, and just setting aside and, and letting others, you know, succeed and things like that. And, um, you know, it's not about you. And that's, that's a big lesson. I think I still have to learn. Huge. And and I know this might be one of your questions and I might be getting ahead of myself, but <laughs> this is such an important thing that every single leader, every single person that's part of the pro-life movement has got to learn and live by. We are not going to solve this issue. We are not going to be able to end abortion by ourselves. No one single organization is going to be able to meet every single need of every single woman or every single need that the pro-life movement has we have to work together and we have to be able to put all of our own desires aside for a bigger mission, which is obviously like letting babies live. You know, that's like, if you boil it down and, and helping women to do that, whether that's, you know, like there's so many different approaches to being pro-life, like legislative work, direct action work, whatever that is, no one single person or organization can do that and we have to work together yeah or even i was thinking about it recently but the smaller organizations in in communities um you know we've got a couple here in like the illinois area not necessarily like just chicago but the illinois area and their kind of focus is to just focus on the people that they have in their city and get them to take action and and you can't do that on a nationwide scale because it's it's meant for you know, each individual, you know, city and town and what they need and in their area and their different history in that area and, and needs and desires and things like that. And so, you know, one thing I, I pray to do with simply is to, you know, be in unity with lots of pro-life organizations, because I strongly believe what you're saying that, you know, we need to be unifying with lots of other organizations and, um, and working together and allowing people to find their avenue and, and get involved too, which is so important, um, which is also why I'm really excited to be doing this podcast because I get to talk with so many people, um, which I'm really, really excited about. Did you know there are two things you can do in the next 30 seconds to help end abortion? Yep, and I'm going to tell you. The first is sharing this podcast. I encourage you to share this podcast with a friend, somebody who's pro-choice, or even to your social media. Sharing this podcast with more people makes it so that they can hear these amazing stories and that they can get involved and that they can hear simple ways that they can help end abortion. The second thing you can do to help end abortion is to leave a rate and review. For some reason, the algorithm likes it when people leave more rates and reviews, and so it'll push it out once that is done. So I encourage you, leave a rate and review so that we can reach more people with the message that is, we can end abortion one baby step at a time. Alrighty, back into the episode. So I know yes. we've talked about this a little bit, but I want to know how has running a nonprofit, specifically a pro-life nonprofit, impacted your life? That's such a good question. First thing that comes to mind is, so I used to be um, like super afraid of death, like deathly afraid of death. Like I would wake up in the middle of the night having nightmares about dying. And I don't think it was so much like the like actual dying because we all die and it was more it was deeper than that it was like the fear of dying and not having done something on this earth 
um, having like wasted a life because we only have one life. We can't get it back. Like we've got this one shot to do what we were meant to do on this earth. And this was before love and live was even thought of. I mean, I, like I said, I would just, my heart would be racing thinking about dying. Like it was, it was hard to explain, but then like along comes let them live and I'm not afraid of death. Like, because my life is filled with purpose now. Like, and I don't say that, like, it probably sounds cliche, but like my life is literally purposeful now. I have a reason to not only just wake up in the morning, but to like, look forward to the day. I have a mission that I'm on and I'm someone that I love to do lists. Like I love to write the things out. Like I, I need to know what I'm going to do. And before let them live, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was super lost. I had no idea what I was supposed to like my mark, what mark are you supposed to leave on the world? And that was a really intense question. And so let them live has provided me with purpose. It has given me the opportunity to meet amazing people, you know, moms and their babies, you know, they become like family, you know, like, like sons and daughters. I mean, my whole life has been changed because of let them live. Um, and I know that when the time comes for me to leave this earth, I will have done what I needed to do and I will feel proud of it and satisfied. And that to me is the greatest fulfillment is just knowing that I didn't waste my life, but I, I, I served, gave my life for something noble. That's, so, that's that was a really, really me. good answer. I was expecting something along the lines of like, oh, well, I can't do this anymore, but like, that's fine. No, that was so deep and thoughtful. And <laughs> I, you know, um, good for you. That's so cool. Um, I was, yeah, that's, that is obviously I'm at a loss for words. I'm, I'm like, I'm so happy to hear that. There's because- also like, there's, you know, there's also like some pride in, and you'll, you'll start to see this as your nonprofit grows, which congratulations, by the way, you know, we have also provided jobs. Like if you think about it in terms of just like, you know, not like a business, but you know, we have provided jobs to other people and not just jobs, but life missions for other people as well who work for let them live. And I feel really proud to have created something like this because this is again just not what I thought my life would be and so to have you know a team of people I mean we have a ton of staff members and volunteers we're now providing them a way to live out their dreams like that's pretty cool and then we have our donors and our donors you know they may not have the time to volunteer or the time to do like give their time to the pro-life movement but they can donate knowing that they're saving lives with their donations so like it's pretty cool just to see like the the effects the, of it. And the, yeah, the oh, I think that's I think that's a really really cool way to look at it. And and I had somebody message me the other day asking if I was doing internships, and I was so touched because I'm at the point in my life where I'm still looking to get internships with different pro life organizations. So the fact that somebody's asking me if they could intern for simply, I was just beside myself, and I was like. This is so cool that people want to get involved and I can give them an avenue to get involved. And yes. and that is so huge because like I feel the exact same way where I'm like, how am I going to have my purpose fulfilled? Like I don't want to leave this earth again, same thing, not having made a difference. I think that we all have the ability in us to make some sort of difference and evangelize in some way. And I see what God has given me. And I know that I can use that to benefit his kingdom by saving these babies from abortion and saving these moms from abortion. 
um, and helping people getting involved. And so, um, A, I'm grateful for the call, even though sometimes it's difficult. Yes, um, it is. But B, I'm very, very excited. And and people like you give me hope because I'm at the very, 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 very beginning stages of my nonprofit. I'm at the scary, really scary, dusty, solidified. You know, we're still, we're still in that too. You know, they, it's kind of like what they say about restaurants, right? Not profitable for the first five years or whatever. The first five years are the toughest, you know, we're, we're, we're now just going to be exiting that. And there's definitely times and, and it can be really overwhelming and it never, you know, the, the pro-life movement is never going to be easy. Like I would say right now, things are easier on me as far as let them live goes than when they, when we first started, because we were building something and now we have the infrastructure, but you're right. Like this work will never be easy because it's something that we're so deeply passionate about and opposed to, or opposed to abortion. And it hurts us when we see that happening. And so you know, it's just finding those little victories too within it that keep you going and you have to fill up your own tank. You know, the other advice I would give is to, you know, you have to take time for yourself too. And it's so easy to run yourself ragged when you're starting a nonprofit. Like I did it. I went like, I burned myself out. Um, but you have to recharge or else you're not going to be effective, you know? I think it's really important for me to remember right now too, because like I was getting in the habit of reading these past couple of weeks and months ish. I'm not a great reader. So I was getting in the habit and I was feeling really good about myself. And then all of a sudden I haven't, I haven't read in like a week and that's because <laughs> I'm working so much and, and that's okay. But I think, I think it's important that I do take some time. Yeah. It's, um, it's hard to draw those boundaries when you are doing something you're passionate about. It's hard to say, Oh, this is my job. And I'm drawing a boundary, you know, because it's feels like it's more than a job. <laughs> it feels like it's like, it's my life. Like I eat, breathe yes. and sleep, you know, pro yes. life. Let them live is my baby. I totally get it. You know, yes. it's like, you can't just like abandon your baby. So yeah. It's like, you don't just leave your baby after 5 PM. Like that's not how this works. <laughs> <laughs> right. Guys, it is so important that we do the simple things for the pro-life movement. One simple thing that you can do today is supporting this show. There are a couple ways to do that. The first is leaving a rate and review. The second is sharing it with your friends and family. And the third is donating to the show. In the description of the show, there is a link that you can click on that allows you to make a donation. All of these things help me a ton with being able to share this show with more people, getting more people involved in the pro-life movement and ultimately ending abortion. I want to thank you all for your generosity. It means a lot to me. And now back into the episode. Has, have you or let them live had any major losses, something that you didn't think that you would come back from? Oh, yeah, gosh, I have to think about this. I mean, there's definitely like, you know, there's, there's personal losses that you experience when moms end up don't, you know, they don't end up accepting your support and they have an abortion. Like that's always like, extremely tough, um, you know, but that's not like in terms of the nonprofit, um, you know, I would probably say there were times where I thought, oh my gosh, like we're just not going to recover where our bank account balance was like super low and I'm like freaking out, you know, because we're a hundred percent donor funded. And so that's always really difficult uh, when we have fluctuations. And so there were times where I'm like, we're shutting it down guys, you know, but again, God comes in, he's like, uh-uh, I'm not done with you yet. 
um, and he always blesses us. And so I've learned, you know, through that, there's just ebbs and flows of nonprofit fundraising, of nonprofit work. There's other times too, when, you know, someone like we got a lot of um, flack from the pro-life community when we first started Let Them Live, which totally shocked me. We also have pro-choice donors, which totally shocked me. We actually had pro-choice people defending Let Them Live against people who are pro-life. Wow. Um, because they this was just a scam, that this couldn't possibly exist, that women are getting their bills paid. Like it's the simplest solution, but people get weird with money. Um, and so, you know, we we definitely, that was really hard because there was a lot of people slamming us online and still do sometimes when they don't actually know all the information or even ask questions. And so that's really tough because we're trying to make sure that, you know, in the public eye, people see that, you know, we're a good nonprofit. So it's, I mean, it's not something that's going to sink, let them live. It's just a matter of, you know, trying to always be transparent and open and honest and show people like, Hey, this is what we do. And even if, you know, there's still our pro-life people that don't like what we do. They don't like our approach. Um, and I respect that. Um, but don't try to, you know, like like, shut us down. I think some people see it as, um, like ransom. Like if a woman is going to have an abortion because of financial burden and she's asking for help, they don't put themselves in her shoes and see that there's a struggling mom who just needs a hand up. They kind of see it as pay me or else I'm killing my baby. Um, like a hostage situation. And that's just not the right way to like approach it because that's not at the heart of these moms. Um, and so I think just to, you know, it's just, it, we're still trying to prove ourselves sometimes, you know, and what we do and why it is effective. I mean, we have a 99% or 98% effective rate. So 98% of the women that are like either have abortion scheduled or are going to schedule women that come to us, choose life with our support. That's so amazing. we're doing something right. Yeah, no, clear. Yeah, clearly. And, and you know what, those are going to be those little things where you're doing something good and holy and the devil hates you for that. Um, and he always will. Yeah. Uh, and so there are going to be areas where you expect support and there's not, and that's going to be difficult and that's going to be difficult. You know, I've had to learn it in a couple situations myself and, you know, we're all imperfect human beings. So there is going to be that level of imperfection. Um, but right. yeah, there's always going to be the, those people who don't believe in you and, and they, you know, they don't believe in yeah. your mission. They don't fund you and things like that. And that is difficult, but it's having the the foresight to be able to look through that and, Again, I'm so grateful for this conversation right now because I'm like, I'm I'm gonna go back through and listen to this whole conversation because <laughs> I need to like take notes this time because it is so vitally important <laughs> to the stage I am in my life right now where I'm like I need to know this stuff and have encouragement. And anytime I'm feeling down about things, you know, it's gonna be really nice to be able to go back and listen to this or even just you know call you. I don't know. Um, <laughs> there's times, there's times where I almost threw in the towel. I mean, there really are, like, it's not easy to run a nonprofit. A lot of people don't see 99% of the stuff that happens on the back end to make it work. A lot of people don't understand. And so it can be hard um, to, you know, maintain, you know, yourself in the public eye, maintain the operations, like all these things. And it's a lot, but that's, you know, what part of what I want to you know, help with, and this is, you know, something that I've been like, always open to do, but anytime someone starts a nonprofit, a pro-life nonprofit, like I want to be there to help mentor, 
just give advice in any way that I possibly can, especially as like a woman, you know, like girl power, boss power is pretty awesome. <laughs> um, I love it. And I love seeing, you know, young women like yourself and like myself and other women, like starting nonprofits to support other women. And I want to be a resource because I have, I, I don't, I do not claim to be an expert, but I certainly have learned a lot along the way. So, yeah. Yeah. And one thing I did want to ask you about too, um, touching back on the first aspect of that, you know, loss question. Um, you said that one of the more personal losses that's harder for you is when women deny your help. First of all, how, how did that the first time that happened, what did that look like? And then how have you learned from that and grown since then? Because I assume it has to be really difficult if every single time you have a woman tell you no, you get down and down and down, um, and it would kind of deflate you from the other women that need your help. So how have you kind of balanced that now? That's a good question. You know, the first time it happened, I remember just feeling absolutely crushed. And I also remember blaming myself. Like, oh, I could have done something else or what else could I have done? Or maybe I didn't say this the right way. And I started to really pick apart every single conversation and text message. And, and that was just not healthy because at the end of the day, what I failed to do at that time was take a step back and realize that at the, at the end of the day, we can only do so much, you know, I can't you know, force her to accept our help. Um, I can do everything I possibly can. I can give her every opportunity. I can work with her in any way I possibly can. But at the end of the day, if she chooses abortion, you know, I mean, it did leave me feeling super deflated. And I remember it took me a couple of days to like really come back from that. But not that it got easier over time, but I did start to realize that I didn't have the ability to take three days to recover from a woman having an abortion because there were other women coming in that needed my attention. They needed me to be like the upbeat, positive, loving resource for them that, that they needed. And so it's it just kind of, it's like, it's like when you get a scar, you know, just over time, it's not that it doesn't hurt, but you just learn to, it just gets tougher. It just, you just learn to kind of, you know, deal with sadness in a different way. And that's, that's what we've taught our pregnancy counselors. You know, for me, I'm not pregnancy counseling anymore, maybe on a rare occasion, but you know, this is something we tell our counselors that first one is always hard. And we always give them a lot of like time off if that's what they need, because it, you feel that loss. Um, but over time, they start to realize that, you know, they have to keep going. They have to find a way to move forward for the next mom. And sometimes they don't. And then they find out that counseling's not for them. And that's totally fine. I totally get it. I don't think I could do full-time pregnancy counseling. I love our pregnancy counselors because they can actually like take that on emotionally. And I'm always so grateful for them, but it's a personal thing that you just have to figure out how to get on from. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That's that. Yeah. Thank you for explaining that and everything and sharing that. Um, so we've got two questions left. So the second to last one is what do you want to see happen with the pro-life movement coming up? I want to see more collaboration. I want to see less of the movement being disjointed and on like different pages. Um, I really can only imagine like how successful we'll be when we work, really work together. And I think a lot of people want that or already do that, but 
I think there's more that that could be done. Um, and like what you said, like all just humbling ourselves, realizing there's something bigger than each of us individually. Um, you know, I also would like to continue to see the shift that has already been happening in the pro-life movement more towards the cultural aspect of abortion. Um, I really believe that politics is downstream from culture. So if we can change the culture, we can affect, you know, the, the politics. Um, I would really like to see, you know, just more of that direct support to women, more resources popping up. I'd love to see other organizations like Let Them Live popping up um, that, you know, provide financial support, whether that's like in the local communities or whatever, because the more money we raise, the more moms we can help, the more lives we can save. And I'm always supportive of that. So more, I'd also love to see more creativity in the pro-life movement. And I would love to see the movement harness um, updated technology for, so that we can continue to, to like spread our cause. So let them live. We're using AI for many different things. Like it's just pretty amazing. Like the power that we can harness for good using technology. We also um, are developing an app, which is amazing. Um, like it's just a whole concept, but my, my point was that the pro-life movement could really benefit and like progress by using technology, like digital marketing, social media, more social media ads. So that's something else I'd like to see the pro-life movement do more of. Yeah, that would be really awesome. I love all those visions for the movement in the future. And I think that unification is a huge one, but then using technology to our advantage is so smart. So then my last question for you is what is something simple that you can do for the pro-life movement? Not necessarily you, but our listeners, me, you, everyone. Yeah, I think that's really great. Um, anyone can donate. Anyone can volunteer. Anyone can start a nonprofit. Whatever it is, really just do something. Everybody can do something. And that would be my encouragement to just get involved, even if you think it's only going to be five hours a week, you know, and the other thing, other thing that we can do that is just super simple is just to love women that we see in our communities. You know, there's always a really big stigma around women being single and pregnant and maybe the circumstances of how a woman got pregnant, but just accepting them into your home, into your family, into your life, into your, your community can really make all the difference. Wow. Those are really good ones. I like them. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Emily. You have just been, you know, such an inspiration and a, you know, a ray of hope for me, which I really, <laughs> really appreciate the encouragement and everything. Because um, sometimes I'll be sitting here thinking about all the things I have to do and it gets overwhelming. And it's nice to know that you've been through it. You know what it's like. You're able to give others encouragement. And I personally really appreciate that. Um, and I hope to continue working with you for a long, long time, um, you know, unifying, saving babies together, helping people get involved. Yes. Yeah. Thank Happy you. to do it. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Simply Pro-Life podcast. If you like this episode, I encourage you to leave a rate and review and to share the episode. Also, feel free to follow me on social media. It is at Simply Pro-Life on Instagram and at underscore Hope Miller on Instagram. If you want to get on the podcast or have any questions, comments, concerns, go ahead and shoot me an email. It is hope at simplyprolife.org. We'll see you again next week on the Simply Pro-Life podcast. Thank you.